Good morning, everybody. I always like to start it with good morning. That's why I say it like 9,000 times. It's so much fun to just say, hey, good morning. How's it going? Because today I actually get to talk about a fun little topic, gifts. How many of you guys enjoy Christmas time? Enjoy your birthdays? Because you get gifts. One thing I've actually been finding out is I enjoy to give gifts. It's a lot, it's, it's fun watching somebody enjoy the gift that you give them, right? It's, um, I mentioned that I had to put my dog down, my little beagle. Well, since then I've gotten a new dog. And he's a big goofy dog. And I, and I love him. And it's a Catahoula leopard dog, right? And I, yeah, that's, that was my look on my face too when I first heard the, the name of it. But he's totally worth it, and he's got the goofiest ears in the world. And if a dog has goofy ears, then he's a good dog, right? That, it's just it's a rule of thumb. And he jumps. He, like, jumps up in the air when he gets excited. He's like a little kid. It's so much fun, you know, when you're talking to a little kid, and they start getting excited, and they're like, oh, I want to do it. That's what he does. And he's old. He's, like, seven years old, but he still acts like a little puppy, and it's so much fun because he's, got, he's starting to get a white face on him. But he's still acting like a puppy, like bouncing around and stuff. And I get him these treats, and he's starting to get to know, like every morning when I'm getting ready to leave, that he gets a treat before he goes into his crate. So he's following me around all morning long, waiting to get his treat. And he watches me as I walk into the kitchen. I'm starting to notice this stuff. I'm starting to learn the trends. And it used to be when we first, when I first got him, he used to just find the cats. And so, like... I'd always know where my cats were at because my dog would have them pinned into a corner. And he'd be like, they're right here. I see them. He moved his tail. Okay, we got this going. But now he goes, okay, there's treats, so I'm going to follow Nick around. And I walk into my kitchen, and I'll be making my coffee, and I'll look behind me, and there's my, my dog jumping in the air. I'll be like, you want a treat? And then he starts jumping more. And I'll walk over, and I'll get the treat out. And, I, you know, I'm trying to teach him not to do that, so I won't give him his treat until he's calms down and sits. And so as soon as I open the bag now, he sits. Like he'll be jumping until when I'm grabbing the bag. He'll be jumping up until that point. And all of a sudden the bag opens and he's like the little kid. I'm being good. Give me the treat. And the other cool thing is, is he's learned that once I give him the treat, he'll go into his kennel. So like I don't have to, like he's, it's his home now. And he used to hate it. And somebody told me, you know, Give him a treat when you put him in the kennel and he'll start to like it. Well, he's actually put the two together that as soon as now when he gets the treat, he has to go into the kennel. So I don't have to wait for him to get into the kennel now. I'll just hand him a treat and he walks it into the kennel. And at one point, I actually took the treat out to see what he would do. And he just sort of looked at me and stuck his head out and grabbed the treat and went back into the kennel again. He's like, I'm not allowed to eat this out there. Stop. You know, and I can only imagine, you know. Just the words, if, if only animals could talk. It's so much fun. But gifts. Gifts are, are always a blessing. And I remember when I was in when Christmas, like one of my all-time favorite memories is every year, me and my brother used to get football cards. And we didn't get the entire set. My parents would buy us like a whole box of football. And this was back in the day when, he, when there was only tops, you know, so it was very easy to get like the whole set and stuff like that. And they would just buy us the entire box. And so we'd have to open them up and start sorting them out to see if we'd get the entire set. And, you know, it would end up that we'd have pretty close, if not the entire set, by the time it was all said and done. But we would spend, me and my brother, we would get these football cards, and we would spend hours 
after Christmas. We would be up till about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning opening the cards, looking at all of our favorite players, you know, sorting them out, making sure we had all the teams and we had all the co- or the numbers, and we were there. And we spent hours upon hours doing this on Christmas, Christmas Day. It's the anticipation of being able to use, being able to have those things. And me and my brother, we were kind of geeky football people all, all our lives. And so, like, then we would take our football cards and we would make teams and we'd play a stupid little game that we had. This was before Pokemon Go or Nintendo or stuff. We had a football board game that we had to, like, play the, put the play down and you put the defense on top and you roll the dice to see how many yards you would get and stuff. And we had years upon years of stuff. And, like, we did drafts and we had, like, stats and all this kind of stuff. And we would go, but we were able to use them. The gifts, we didn't just take and then sit on the shelf. One of the, one of the things I love about being a coach is I can give gifts at the end of the year. And, and a long time ago, I, I shied away from giving away trophies for lots of reasons. The main reason was when you get a trophy, you just take it and put it on your shelf. And it never gets used. So what I do for my teams is I'll make them a hoodie. And they'll have our logo on it. And they'll have either a saying or something on the back. And... And the kids can wear it all year round. It's really cool. I still see kids wearing my hoodies, A, because they're really cool, but B, because they were proud of that. Like I see hoodies from two, three, four years ago still being worn around Loveland. And it's like, oh, that's my, that's my hoodie, you know? That's really cool. The kids recognize the hoodie. They don't recognize me anymore. It's one of those things. But the coolest part about giving a gift is seeing it get used. Seeing somebody enjoy it. Seeing it become something that they rely on. That's what's really cool. That's one of the differences, right, between men and women. When a woman gives a gift, they want it to be something special. Something that a guy is going to appreciate and have for a long time. When a guy gives a gift, it's practical. Here's a dishwasher, right? Here's a... Most of the guys are going, you've given somebody a dishwasher before? You're still walking? You are a brave man. But, you know, watching my parents throughout the years, you know, my dad got my mom a treadmill one year for Christmas. That was the worst gift, the worst thing that he could have ever done. You know, it's like, and I remember the conversation of, but you said you wanted it. And it was very much retorted of, not for Christmas, though. Today I get to talk about gifts that were given by God and how we're to use them. We're going to be looking at what I've entitled today as the end game, the E-N, the end game. And we're going to look at these as the facts that God endows us, engulfs us, and reinforces us. See how I worked that end in there? Reinforces us so that we can start the growth for edifying the body in love. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to look through your word today. I ask that as we start to move forward, as we start to dig into it, as we start to see what you've placed before us, that you can start to allow us to cherish these gifts. That we can start to allow us to use the gifts. And that you can start allowing us to grow from these gifts. May these be your words today in your glorious and precious name. Amen. 
Starting in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective work by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We're going to look at the first aspect, verses 7 and 8. We're going to be looking at how God endows us. And just jumping back, you know, I like to do this. We're going to take this. We're going to jump back and just going to reread verses 7 and 8. And it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. First thing we're going to look at, is the word however. And it's really slow, so you'll have to pardon that. But it's the word however. It's the big but of the verse, right? And we've got to look back and see why is that there? What's the transition that we're coming from? When we remember and we look back to what Pastor Jeff talked about last week, we're reading about how God is bringing all of us together. He's bringing us together to be a body, to be this one unity this one identity, this one entity. And he says, however, but to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So all of a sudden, Paul's sitting there and he's like, all right, he's bringing us together. He's knitting us together. He's making us one thing. However, we're going to start separating that out and looking at the different parts. We're one, but we're many. E pluribus unum, right? Out of the many become one. Well, let's look at the many. Let's see what that has to do with it. One gives many. There's gifts that are given to us. And that's the next thing. He gives us many gifts. We all know that, right? Anybody that spends five minutes with me knows. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt the administration is not my gift. Organization is not my gift. Right? Jeff gets mad at me because I am probably the worst person known to man at keeping up on that stuff. Now, standing up front, preaching, teaching, I can do that all day. In fact, he's not here. We can run late. He can't say anything about it. But when it comes to the things that we're not good at, we, we know, right? We all know what we're not good at. 
We all understand it. We all know, oh, man, I got to work hard on this. And we don't like working hard on it, right? So if you're like me, you put it off until it's too late. And you're like, oh, I should have done that. Dang it. And then you get reprimanded for it. We're all given gifts. And that's how the body works, right? Can your foot sing? Can your hands sing? Well, yeah, they can. We have sign language. They can sing. Oh, I tricked you on that one. You guys weren't ready for that. Got to keep you awake here. The different parts of the body all have different functions. We know that. We understand that. The lungs weren't created to pump blood through your system. The lungs weren't created to filter out the toxins that we eat and drink on a regular basis. However, without the lungs, the heart can't pump. The kidneys can't function, just like vice versa. We need every aspect to do its part. And that's what he's starting to get through. He gave man gifts. And that's what Paul's really wanting to transition now and say, Guess what? We were all separate. We were brought together. But now it's time to start realizing what you're called to do within this aspect that we're called together to be. Growing up, I used to love the cartoon Voltron. Now there's a cheap knockoff of it called the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or whatever. You know, it's one of those things. But it was the different lions. And I remember watching it. It was the lions and the yellow lion and the black lion. And I used to love them. And I know I'm, I'm aging. I'm dating myself here. And it's like... I'm old, but I'm not old. And all the old, all of you more experienced people are going, are going, what's that? And all of you young people are going, what's that? And if you were alive for that brief, like two years it was on, you're like, I know what that was. That was awesome. But it was five different parts that came together. And they all had their own abilities. They all had their own things. They all had their own unique aspects that they brought to the team. His gifts, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Understand that. We were all bound by chains. We were all destined. We were all signed, sealed, and delivered for destruction. And he led us free. He led us with him. We were bought and paid for by him. And with that, He now starts giving us gifts. God not only endows us with his gifts, but he also engulfs us with his actions. You know, Jeff's really starting to rub off on me here. We're starting to get the the ends going here. Engulf. It actually took me a while to come with this. And when I think of engulfing, I think of this great illustration. And I was going to bring this up here, but I didn't have the space needed to do a big science lab here. But, you know, I was watching the Big Bang Theory and they were doing this this thing where they're dropping stuff in there and it just like explodes everywhere and stuff, you know, the Alka-Seltzer in the, in the water. And, and what's, what's really fun, if you're really daring, take an Alka-Seltzer and drop it in Sprite and put the lid back on, see what happens, just stand away. Um, there's lots of things that are happening. And we're going to look at this verse that says, and this is a, kind of a weird verse because it's in like brackets, right? And you're like, why is it in brackets? What's going on here? Why, why did Paul put this in here? But it's important that it's in here. And it's in brackets and it says, now this, he ascended. What does that mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. 
He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Well, let's let's tear this apart because there's a couple trains of thoughts here. First off is we're looking at the words he descended. What does that mean? There's two thoughts. One, they're talking about when he descended and met all those who died before him. There's also the train of thought that says this is when God stepped out of earth, out of or out of heaven and came down to earth and lived amongst us. Either way, the point is he came to where we are. Because he stepped out of heaven, because he joined us, he met us, he walked with us, he ate with us, he slept with us, he was walking with us. And because he did that, he was able to lead captivity captive to him. Because he first descended, he was then able to ascend. He was able to be lifted up. Above all things. Because he stepped out of heaven, because he paid the price, he's able to sit on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Think about what that means. This is a huge section to be in brackets in your Bible. Because this is the point that Paul wants to get across. This is Jesus. By no other name was the earth created. By no other name was sin defeated. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. There is no other. He is signed, stamped, sealed, delivered, puts his mark on it. This is the man that is worthy of all of our praise. And the reason that he is, is because he met us where we were at. And yeah, I ended that sentence with the word at. Because it's Jesus and He can do that. He met us where we were standing. Think about that. He met people on the road. He met the woman at the well when she was going out there. He met the leper at the side of the the lake. He had people that were able to meet Him face to face. The paraplegic that was lowered down in front of Him. We have the woman that was bleeding. That was just wanted to touch His garment. He came to where we are so that He can be exalted. So that He can die for our sins. So that He can lead us free in Him. And once He ascended, He now engulfs us. Again, I want you to envision this, alright? And I've done this before. You take a Sprite bottle, take an Alka-Seltzer, and you drop it in. Alright? And it doesn't take long. It goes... And just goes everywhere. Look at the effect that Jesus had. It didn't stay with the twelve. In fact, if you read Jesus' life, he had to keep cutting it down. Because people kept following him and flocking to him. And he kept going, alright, I know why you're here, but let's, let's make this real. We're going to cut this down again because we need to make this real. We need this here. And it kept being the twelve kept being the 12 it kept being the 12 until all of a sudden he's like okay now it's time to go and the 12 exploded on the scene changed the face of the world changed it so much that now that's how we dictate time 
before Christ and in the year of our Lord. It changed holidays from the winter solstice to Christmas. From the summer solstice to Easter. It changed lives. We start to see people start caring about other people. Because mankind is fallen. Without something in us, we're not going to care about other people. We care about one person, ourselves. But God starts to engulf us. He starts to engulf the world. He starts to change what's happening. And let's read it again. It says, the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. If there's any doubt who's filling the world right now. Look at the good things. We're all pessimists. We're all too easy, too quick to jump on the things that are going bad. God has changed us. Because He makes all things new. Because He makes beautiful things. It doesn't matter what He's starting with. What matters is that He makes it new. Why does it have value? Because He's there. He's making it what He wants it to be. He engulfs all things. Well, His endowment and His engulfing have led to His reinforcing the body. This one took me a while. And it was hard to do it because it's misspelled up there. And I was just like, oh, I can't do that, but I've got to. Actually, I had a lot of fun with this word. But we're going to look at 11 through 16 because this is kind of what Paul's leading up to. And he says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things into him. Who is the head Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knitted together. By, ev- by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, He's equipped us. He's giving, given us people that can stand here and teach us, right? We all know these people. Whether they stand up here behind a pulpit on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening, or whether there's somebody that you go to in times where you just need to talk, And you need to hear them. And it's really cool because when you get next to somebody who's a preacher or a pastor or a teacher of that matter, they cannot help but but tell you what they think, right? We all know those people. You know too, Jeff and myself. You know, you sit us down and you start trying to talk to us, and man, we'll tell you exactly what we think the Bible is saying. And we won't hold back. You know, I can't go to somebody for a five-minute conversation because inevitably it's going to turn into a 20-minute message if not longer. 
you can't, we're, we're here, we're, we're designed to be this aspect. It says, we've given people to be apostles, prophets, evangelists. I love evangelists. How many of you guys know an evangelist? Now, how many of you guys love being around the evangelist? I'm not an evangelist. I get, I get scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't share with you this because now you want to start talking Bible. I can talk Bible with you all day long. But if you want me to walk up to somebody and just be like, hey, how's it going? But I knew somebody like that. Her name was Debbie and she was amazing. And like she would go to Safeway and the person's checking her out and she's like, hey, if you were to die today, do you know where you're going to go? And it's like, Oh my gosh, she's doing it again. And she's like going to this 20 minute message and like you can see the people behind her and you think the people behind her would be like, oh my gosh, her, cause that's how I am when like somebody goes through the 20 item line and they have 21 and you're like, all right, seriously, that extra item cost me five seconds of my life. Let's hurry this up. Let's get going. But like, that's not how it is with evangelists because they'll be sitting there and they're talking and all of a sudden the people behind them are like, hey, what are you guys talking about? What's happening? And all like there's this group of people listening to them. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. And if you don't know somebody like that, I encourage you, find somebody and just listen to them for like 10, 15 minutes. It's amazing. He's given people as preachers and we're, we're fun as we get going and we get talking and we're animated. You know, Jeff makes fun of the way I talk sometimes because I get animated. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. But we have a purpose. Our purpose isn't just to stand up here and be funny. Our purpose isn't just to talk to random people in the street. Our purpose is listed out right here. The edifying of the body of Christ. Why in the world would you want to be a pastor? It's not a lot of fun. I hate to tell you guys that. You have to do funerals for people. You live in a glass house. Everybody's picking apart every aspect of your life. But why do we do it? We do it so that you guys can grow. So that you guys can hear, so we can edify the body, so that guess what? Now all of a sudden, you guys don't need us anymore. I heard a very wise man say a pastor's job is to preach himself out of that job. We're supposed to have you guys grow up. Have you guys start to read the Bible. Have you guys start to chew it yourself and start to move on. You, you all know the passage where Paul's talking and he's like, man, what are you guys doing? You're still drinking the milk. You guys should be eating steak by now. Pastors are called to get people that next step, that next step in their journey to equip them. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But what that means is you're going to know what you're called to do. You're going to understand what your part is. And you can start taking that and owning it. Nobody wants to be the pinky toe. But the pinky toe is important. It's balance. Nobody wants to be the rear end. Try sitting without that. 
We look at all these unglamoring aspects. But those are vital to a body. We think we want to be the face. The face isn't the best part to be. But if you're called to it, then be it. If you're called to be the pinky toe, give us balance. You know, I, it's, it's funny. Growing up in high school, I had three, or I had a, um, three of my best friends. And it's, it's funny, they were all named Josh. And so it's Josh, 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 and Nick. And they were my pinky toes. I used them. They were the trees in my forest. Because, yeah, I was this vibrant person. I was the person that would step out. I was the person that could be the front, be the face, be this aspect that could open his mouth and speak words. But, man, I, I easily lost my balance. I needed those people around me to help support me, to give me that, so that if I started to, to sway a little bit, they were there to help keep me up. That's what a body does. That's what it means to come to the fullness, to become the perfect man that God has made you to be. It's being able to be what He's made you to the best that you can be. It could be an administrator. Thank God for those people. It could be somebody who's good with money. Thank God for those people. It could be somebody who cleans up afterwards. Thanks God for those people. It could be the people that stand up front. Thanks God for those people. It's all these people that He's placing us to be and we're called to be that. And why does He place people up front here? It's not to witness to everybody. It's to help us become who we're supposed to be so that now we can go out and witness to everybody and have an impact on Fort Collins, to have an impact on Northern Colorado, Colorado, the United States, and the world itself. Where are we? He's equipped us. He's instructing us that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. It's easy to get caught up in things. It's easy to get caught up in like the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law. It's easy to get caught up with, oh my goodness, they have tattoos. My dad hates tattoos. He hates them. I have them. You know, I don't know. There's some things. Drinking is another one. People get caught up in those things. Let's let's stop trying to, to focus on the sin and focus on the person. Love the person. Let God take care of the sins. And start becoming a body that works together. That can make an impact. Now, let's preface that. Does that mean that we allow all these sins to take place? No, there's times where we have to reprimand. There's times where we have to say the sin is controlling your life. It's time that we start working on this. And God places people in our lives to do that. 
But I have all sorts of friends that were kleptomaniacs growing up. I have other friends who were habitual liars. I know people that were murderers. I know all sorts of people that God has changed. And He can. If we show His love to them. We're called to go out and be able to stand against these little things. To be able to say, God loves this person. Let's share His love to them. That doesn't mean accepting all of the sins. It doesn't mean accepting all the stuff. But what it does mean is that we love them. We show that compassion. That's how the world changes. Is by Christ's love. Because it says, from whom the whole body, these are the results, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of work, by which every part does its share. It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In love. The body needs to be there. What do you do when you hurt your ankle? You chop it off? We always, I always joke around with the kids. I'm like, hey, if your ankle hurts, I can fix that. Really? How? Bite your finger off. Why don't do that? And it's amazing how fast I run away from you at that point. Hey, your ankle's fixed. Oh, I wasn't thinking about it. I'm the biggest baby when I get hurt, okay? It's true. I get hurt and I'm like, oh my gosh. I can't move. I hurt my knee. Which, by the way, I had uh, Lou prayed for me. And this is a, this is a very side note. Like that, the rest of the day, I have had no no pain since that day. Pray for people. We're called to do that. But I hurt my knee at Waterworld, and literally, I was this close to having crutches here that next day on Sunday because I'm a big baby when it comes to hurting yourself. I'm like, oh, it hurts. It hurts. I can't move. I got a hangnail. But we don't chop off that part of our body. We help it. The best example I can have is in football when you hurt your finger. It was, it was, I was kind of mean when I played football in high school. And there was one point in time where I was blocking somebody and I, I started choking him. You're not supposed to do. And he brought his face mask down across my finger and broke my finger. I deserved it. It's one of those things. What did I do? I didn't sit on the sideline and go, I can't play anymore. I didn't chop it off. You tape it to the other finger. You give it some support. So that now all of a sudden it's stronger. It can now do what it was meant to do with the help of another thing that was meant to do the same thing. We're a body. We're all the same, but we're all different. And I don't know how to get that across any other way than that. We were all called for a purpose. We were all called here for a purpose. My question is, and I'm going to challenge us, and I'm challenging myself standing up here also, look around. 
Are we fulfilling that purpose? Are we making an impact with whatever gifts God gives us? Because guess what? We're now called. The Bible says you will be challenged on what you know. Well, you all know this now. He's called you to make a difference with the gifts that you've been given. Are you making that difference? If you are, good. If you aren't, I hope you're uncomfortable sitting there. Otherwise, I'm not using my gift right. Because we're called to make a difference. We're called to go out wherever we're at. And right now, we're in Fort Collins, Colorado. And we're called to go out and make that difference. We're called, once we start making a difference in Fort Collins, then we'll worry about northern Colorado. Then we'll start worrying about Colorado. But right now, we're not even worried about northern Colorado. How many times are we worried about what's going to happen tomorrow? Life is getting in the way. I want to encourage us. Don't let life get in the way. Because without Christ, there is no life. And there's people living in this world without life and without hope. And we have that hope. We have that life that we can share with them. And we're called to stand up. We're called to do what we're called to do. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Time to start growing. It's time to start strengthening. And it's time to start hitting our end game. Because God endows us. Remember that. He endows us with gifts. He gives us abundantly what we need. He engulfs us. Because it's not us. It's not us that does the job. And He reinforces us. Because through Him we're able to stand. I'd like to have the band come back up. Those three things give us the ability to become the perfect men, the perfect women, the perfect body part that God has called us to be. stand and sing with us.
Could a garden come up from this ground at all? You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of the dust. You make beautiful things. You make As we go today, 
want to reiterate that even an infant needs to learn how to walk. Even a baby needs to learn how to eat, how to crawl. What they do. There comes a point where this body, we're almost two. We're a little bit over two. I've almost been here two years, but we're a little bit over two. It's time to start walking. It's time to start being those pieces that God has made us to be so that we can make an impact in Him. Go forth and enjoy your Sunday.